Jumping Gemini, did you see the pamphlets they were handing out at the meeting? I snagged one in case you were interested. The pamphlet about the time-space regulator? Ah, you almost got me. Still haven't read that one. No, these pamphlets are new jobs at Cryocorp. We already have a job, and it pays pretty well. Well, it did, until recently. Apparently, Cryocorp is celebrating their bicentennial anniversary by expanding their workforce. They're going to open a coffee shop at every outpost, along with several gyms, along the normal maintenance routes to help everyone stay healthy. I could definitely go for some zero-G yoga. My lumbar has been killing me lately. Right? Oh, and look, they're offering an up-and-coming new talent position. What do you think that entails? Not sure, but if I know our wonderful company, they're probably setting up some young, naive newbie to take a corporate fall. Just some guy who signs everything so that his or her name is the one linked to the shady activity, and they will take the fall instead of the company. Please. I think I'm going to apply. You cannot do that. Plus, who's going to keep me company on the era? I need your skills out there in the field. Besides, if you get a new job, you might have to carpool. Do you really want to take the 42-minute hitchhiking route Jim from accounting uses every day? I suppose not. I don't want to be too closely associated with Jim. Besides, we do make a great team, and tour protecting is a pretty nice gig, even if the career may be trying to kill us now. Just wish we had some way of cheering ourselves up, you know? How about this? Where'd you find another Surrendabite so fast? You know, I had a feeling you wouldn't check your goodie bag from the company meeting. They gave out some of those new SPSs, you know, the stellar positioning systems that help you navigate the cosmos. It hooked up to the auxiliary power port, but I realized it ran on battery when it kept navigating after I accidentally pulled the plug. I opened the back compartment, and voila. All right, you start it, and I'm going to give this weighted blanket a try. It's not going to work with no graph. Never mind. Let's enjoy this surrender bite. And since chalk is made from plankton, that's why we use the crushed up, desiccated corpses of countless sea creatures to write math problems on the board today. And you don't even need an aquarium. And we're back, broadcasting from the pale blue dot we call Earth. We have a great short for you today. We certainly do. Today, we discuss something that everyone has suffered through at least a few times a week, commuting. Now, Charlie, how much time do you think you spend commuting? It used Way to be, too much time. It used to be a lot longer. It used to be. My commute time was about an hour and 15 minutes going from Atlanta to Macon. Wow. Yeah. Cool. For I a brief period. That. It was almost insufferable. <laughs> Now, on average, the average commuter will tolerate up to about 30 minutes a day. Uh, but the average commute time when a uh, poll was taken was 26 minutes one way. Now, that average is out to 4.3 hours per week. It's starting to get up there. Uh, that's 216 hours per year. That's, Which is a lot. That's yeah. a lot. That's mm -hmm. a few days. Uh, but over a 30-year work life, that is 270 days just commuting. I mean, that's getting up to almost a year's worth of your life. Yeah, gone, sitting in a vehicle of some sort, moving back and forth to work. 
I mean, land has always been valued based on the proximity to an urban center. And the closer you are to work, the more likely the closer you are to an urban center. Historically, people have been willing to commute about 30 minutes one way to work. So the 26 minutes seems relatively uh, feasible. Yeah, that's tolerable for most folks. Yeah. So this has historically been the case, so much so that the size of cities have been directly influenced by travel technologies and the limitations of speed and time it takes to reach the urban center. So (laughs) the size of most metropolitan areas are about 30 minutes across. Yeah. Well, driving nowadays. Yeah. But some of them are much smaller in the past. Mm -hmm. Atlanta, uh, an average commute time is about 26 minutes. Um, many enjoy much shorter commutes and then some endure much longer commutes. Like you did for a few years. Oh man, God. At least that's done and over with. Uh, My shortest commute was in Savannah. It was 13 minutes. Uh, and now mine's about 25 minutes, which was about the same as it was, uh, my previous job in Milwaukee. They were about 25 minutes apart. So, but it is, it is so nice when you have a 10 minute drive instead of 25. Oh, it's, it's great. Like my current commute is about six to seven minutes. I hate you. Yeah. Uh, enough time to put on maybe two songs on my phone. Maybe your favorite podcast? Possibly. No, you don't have time for that podcast. (laughs) Um, No. So now this window is known as the Marchetti constant. Uh, It's named after an Italian physicist, Cesare Marchetti. Uh, He came up with this idea in 1994. Um, He also invented the salad. There's a Marchetti salad? Oh, a Caesar salad. Oh, Cesar. Oh, Lord. Okay. (laughs) Well, speaking of Caesar, uh, Rome. I hope you're enjoying this podcast while in your car right now. (laughs) Rome on your commute. Yeah, I hope you're commuting. Rome, uh, for instance, was one mile radius. Now, one mile is about the distance an average person can easily walk in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, there were one million people, up to one million people in Rome, and it only had a diameter, a you know, circular diameter of two miles from the city center. So, wherever you were, you could get to the center in about 30 minutes. Now, this remained the case for most major cities until we got to the Industrial Revolution, until we got to railroads and then eventually cars and highways and things. But did you know that London is known as the square mile city? I did not know that until just now. I didn't until I researched this. But I did know that Savannah, Georgia, where I lived for quite a while, uh, it the historic district where most of people lived up until the 20th century, it's only one square mile. I've walked the whole square mile. It's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. And then in downtown Savannah, I know that they have a lot of uh, horse carriages in which you can go uh, down the streets in the city center. You might be asking about horses and buses pulled by them. Uh, Horses don't walk much faster than humans, so there wasn't any advantage to that. Uh, There's also an accumulation of manure, which would literally be as high as a pedestrian walking by uh, in some cities because all they had were horses before the advent of the automobile. Also, bicycles became a much more popular form of personal transportation. Now, because of the density problem in these small cities, the disease was easily spread due to poor sanitation methods. I remember learning about in downtown London that they used to just throw the excrement outside of the window onto the city streets and then that would flow into the River Thames. Yep. So it wasn't just horse manure that was floating around the streets in in older times. So that's why the wealthy typically kept houses out in the countryside, not just because they had the stately manners and the grounds in order to have the isolation from other individuals, but also because higher sanitation standards. Yeah, it was healthier to live away from other people. Mm -hmm. Now, eventually, uh, mass transportation was invented with the railroad. 
that started in 1830, England opened the first steam engine to the public from Manchester to Liverpool. These steam engines could, uh, could travel approximately 15 to 20 miles per hour. This quickly enlarged the Marchetti constant distance because the time was shortened and people began living in railroad suburbs. These suburbs around the world are still some of the most affluent that you know of, that you might have heard of, you know, a, a neighborhood cities away, states away, but you've still heard of them. So, yeah, what would be some examples of that here in the U.S.? Uh, well, in Philadelphia, there's the mainline suburb. Uh, New York, there's Scarsdale, which I'd heard of Scarsdale, but I didn't know why until now. Now, that's Scarsdale, New York. Uh, Brookline, near Boston. The Stockbroker Belt, which is west of London. And in St. Germain and Lay, I think that's right, uh, probably not, near Paris, uh, those are all examples of uh, the uh, railroad suburbs that popped up due to people wanting to live near the railroad station. Um, now, the, the big railroad city in America is Chicago. And of course, that has several railroad cities in one city or railroad suburbs in one city, uh, Evanston, Oak Park and Lake Forest. Did you know? The term for this episode, commute, commuter, it came from the fact that travelers paid for a discounted fee or a commuted fee on these railroads. Oh, I did not. Yeah. So that's where the terminology comes from. Now, along with the advent of public transportation was the first electric streetcar. It was uh, developed in 1888 in Richmond, Virginia, of all places, right? Yeah, not many uh, big bustling cities come to mind like Richmond, Virginia. No, it wasn't Boston, it wasn't New York, it was Richmond, Virginia. Now, streetcars and bicycles could travel around eight miles an hour, um, which uh, led to much larger cities based on area. So just over three square miles for a walking city, but approximately 50 square miles for any city that had a streetcar or where bicycles were popular. That's amazing. You go jump from three to 50 square miles based on the fact that you're walking at about three miles per hour on a bike or a streetcar. You can go eight miles per hour. Mm -hmm. So this boom happened amongst the middle class and they modeled the smaller suburbs so that they could now afford to resemble a smaller version of the larger city. And this is where the modern small town downtown originated. You know, I often wondered as I drive around because Whitney, my wife and I have driven all over the place and Every little downtown and every small town looks just about the same. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, based on the original model of streetcars, uh, bikeable pathways, and uh, city grid layouts. Yep. So due to straight grid lines of cities in the U.S., several U.S. cities began using elevated trains such as New York. But um, some other cities such as London went underground um, as early as uh, the mid to late 1800s. Now, we all know the first popular car was popularized by Henry Ford uh, when he made the uh, assembly line in 1908, and he released the Model T. But the car travel didn't really take off until the expressway was developed in the 1940s. And that's when we morphed into the system that we pretty much use today everywhere. Mm -hmm. Did you know when the first Model Ts were released uh, in New York, there were two people that had Model Ts? They hit each other. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that there was a rivalry there, yes. Uh, so in the future, who knows? You know, we might uh, build more roads, but that does not cut down on traffic. I think Atlanta is unfortunately learning that right now. Mm-hmm. 
Um, are we going to build up? Are we going to start seeing elevated roads along with elevated rail lines? Are we going to densify the cities so that more people live there? Uh, probably not. That, that's going to lead back to more sanitation issues. But there are really no good technological advancements that we can foresee right now. I know that uh, Elon Musk is uh, promoting the Hyperloop, which would be able to connect city centers a lot more efficiently. Oh, yeah. That thing, if if it's as safe and predictable as he thinks he can make it, that will be amazing, an amazing public transportation to use. So hopefully y'all aren't stuck in traffic, but if you are, we're glad you spent some time with us today. <laughs> hopefully you're, you're in a self-driving car, so all you're doing is listening to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's our show. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, we exist within the universe. And the universe exists within ourselves. We're all the stuff of stars. So have a stellar day, everyone. And thanks for stopping by our corner of the cosmos. This has been the Mid-Flight Crisis Podcast. You can support important spaceship repairs and maintenance by subscribing to the Mid-Flight Crisis Patreon page. We'd love to hear your suggestions about the show and future topics. And we appreciate your support, ratings, and reviews. This endeavor is impossible without amazing listeners like you. Thanks for sharing your space and time with us. We'll see you on our next adventure. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Drop us a line at intrepidtransfer at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.